the Irish Times Inside Business podcast in association with Davy. It's amazing what you discover when you really listen. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. Regular listeners will know that in recent months we've been talking to various Irish business owners to see how they've coped with the lockdown restrictions and their plans to reopen those businesses as the economy was opened up by the government. So we decided to return to three of the business owners to see how they're getting on, almost six months on from the start of the lockdown. They are JP McMahon, the Galway-based chef and restaurant owner, Mary McKenna, owner of travel operator Tour America, and Des O'Dowd, owner of the Inchidani Island Lodge and Spa Resort in Cork. You'll hear from Mary and Des later, but I started by speaking with JP McMahon, who had this to say when we last spoke in early June. Essentially, everything has just stopped. We owe money to the revenue. We owe money to a lot of our suppliers. And to get back going is, is going to be difficult. I mean, it's uh, many people think that you can just turn off all the lights and then walk out and then go back in three months later. But it's not the case. I mean, stuff breaks. you got to go back in, turn everything on, make sure it works. You have to rehire people. And that's probably one of the difficulties with these guidelines is that, like, how many people are we going to need? With two metres socially distant, with two metres, we probably need 10 more staff. Now, JP McMahon, we heard you there back in June saying how difficult it was, uh, it was going to be to get back going. So just give us a little flavour for what it's been like since, I think it was June tw- 29th, uh, when you reopened. And just curious as well, you were still wrestling with whether you'd open two or three of your restaurants at that time. Uh, how many did ultimately open? Um, ultimately, we opened two out of the three. We, we've we yet to open a near, which is our, like I suppose, our Michelin star restaurant. And we, I suppose we have ultimately decided not to open that to, until March 31st, 2021. I mean, that's the official date I've given to to Michelin. Whether that changes, I don't, I don't know yet. Um, the other, the other two, we we opened, um, and to a certain degree, it was like opening a new restaurant. The putting a lot of new practices in place, uh, purchasing a lot of the PPE stuff and screens, and retraining the staff. Um, and like it hasn't, like uh, it hasn't been without its ups and downs. I mean, by and large, it's been quite a positive experience. The uh, with with customers coming back and uh, acknowledging the things that they have to do, like uh, sanitize their hands and sit for an hour and forty five minutes. Um, so I mean, particularly in Cava, our tapas bar, which which is we are I suppose the engine of our business, and we lost twenty seats in that from sixty to forty. But what we realized that people started to eat earlier and and later, and so by and large, we're probably. We're probably only ten or fifteen percent down in Cava, uh, because people's uh, eating habits have changed. Tartar is a little different because it's only it was only twenty four or twenty eight seats, and we've pretty much lost nearly fifty percent of the of the cafe wine bar, and so it is a little difficult with um uh I mean with the wage subsidy it's managing, but if the wage subsidy was to suddenly stop Tartar would we would we be instantly um unviable so that's the difficulty there is that we're, we're ticking along open for five days um we don't want to open for seven because even as is we're, we're we're kind of like just keeping it there we we have a good relationship with our landlord we have i think 50 percent off until until september um and i suppose one of my concerns now is is september is almost like the the cliff edge because a lot of the stuff that we have had stopped like our bank loans our mortgage uh, even with cava all of the things uh, that are stopped are, are going to re- are recommence in September. So the configuration is going to change again. And with the government message last night, 
with some new protocols. Yeah, like it's it it is difficult and it is quite I suppose precarious is the word I'd use because we don't know if there's going to be another lockdown. Uh, we don't know if the rules would change to a degree where it won't make us um, it won't make it viable to trade. Even the eleven o'clock thing could have put a bit of a spanner in the works um, for um, um, for for the moment. So so it's it's hard to know. Yeah, they've actually extended the the opening time for you guys. Is that not a positive? Oh, absolutely! They extended it to, to half eleven, and I, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad they. I suppose they listened because I, I literally emailed like every TD in the west of Ireland and uh, and spoke to them, and there wasn't even a realization that there was a difference between having to be empty at eleven and having to be closed at eleven. Which I, I, I was saying it's very important. I mean, closing at eleven is is not a problem. Um, it's being empty at eleven is is the difficulty because if you have people who are coming in at nine quarter past nine. Even at ten, for who would come in for an hour, like you could effectively lose um, a couple of thousand over a weekend uh, in 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 a business by by having to be empty at eleven. So I mean, I'm glad they they turned that one around, and I think that is um, that is a very a very a very positive thing. Yeah, just tell us a little bit about the mix of customers that you're having. I, I presume you would have had a share of tourists in the past, but I guess there's very few tourists around now. So is it locals? Is it staycationers? So there's very few tourists and also one of, I suppose what our biggest hiccup going along the way is that we never realized that um I suppose that we would be responsible for policing um tourists who are not quarantining and we still are policing it so we we've, we've 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 changed our booking system slightly where you have to answer a question that if you um if you if if you are a tourist or if you have you have just returned uh, then unfortunately you can't come into the restaurant if you tick if you tick yes. Um, it is, I suppose, down to the goodwill of the of the person. But by and large, I mean it, it's it's unfortunate. But when when Americans try and book in, we're a little bit hesitant and distrustful, and we generally have a good chat with them to try and establish, okay, yes, you are resident in the country, or yes, you have landed at least two weeks ago. Sometimes they're not very happy about these conversations. Sometimes it happens at the door, and they are difficult conversations. And, and I suppose that one of my biggest criticisms for of our of I suppose of the government's policy to date is that I think I think we got it wrong in relation to just just stopping non-essential travel and I think we've hemmed and hawed and even last night with the recommendations for um like non-essential travel effectively coming back and not work non-essential uh, travel to work we still have a green list where you can fly out of the country and go to Italy if you want so like it's it, it is it is a bit bizarre and I I think New Zealand have tackled it uh, probably a lot harsher than we have, but I mean, they did have a hundred days COVID free where they had no social distancing. So I, I do hope that they still bring this in maybe for the winter, because I, I think we our, our eternal economy can survive if we, if we, if we take a leap of faith and just say, okay, non-essential travel is, is not going to happen for three months. We're going to stop the Americans, stop the British, uh, because it, it is, it's very difficult to police and it causes a lot of issues at the at the door. Are you taking walk-ins? Or are you allowed to take walk-ins? Yeah, like we, we we don't take that many walk-ins. I mean, in the past, we would have taken about 50% walk-ins in Cava. I would say they're maybe 5% now. Uh, most people would book. And if people do come to walk in, uh, we, we effectively book them in. We just say, what's your, your name? We, we literally put them into the booking system as if they're a booking. And, uh, and, then, they, and then they come in and sit down. Right. Okay. And how how are the staff finding it having to wear masks? Uh, it's up and down. Like I mean, in the kitchen, it, it's very difficult. And I, I 
Uh, I'm in the kitchen a few days myself um, on a like maybe two days a week, and it is the heat in the kitchen is is uh, is difficult. Some of them have have uh, have gone to wearing visors, uh, but even with the floor, I mean, sometimes if you're if you're working an eight to ten hour shift with a mask on, it does it does get a, a little bit difficult. But I mean, by and large, we understand the necessity of it, so it's not something that. Um, that I, I like I, I, I contest too much or I like I'm I'm glad we're wearing them in the shops. I'm glad we're wearing them on public transport. And uh, I know there are some some uh, people in retail and people in restaurants that are pushing back because this was it's it's not it's not um, it's not law in the restaurant, um, uh, except they changed it last night. But I think it's still a suggestion that customers must wear their mask uh, around the restaurant. But again, that would be very difficult to police. Uh, we have a very small restaurant. The point between the door and the seat could be a couple of meters, and to try and insist someone put on a mask for that for that period of time uh, is, is going to be difficult when when you're running when you're trying to run a busy restaurant. And obviously, uh, JP, you've had an opportunity now to digest what's involved in reopening your restaurants and how the landscape might look. Um, you know, in a situation where we don't have a vaccine, let's say, how long do you think this uh, is going to continue? And I suppose how long in terms of your own business planning, how long can you continue on this path before you have to make a decision maybe over the viability of, of one or other of your restaurants? Like I would say, like we have we, we have a timeline of about six months approximate. Like we have what we're going to do in uh, with the near because unfortunately and like it's not um um, again, everyone is in a different situation. Of the three restaurants, I don't, I don't want to name them in, in, name them in particular, but of our three restaurants, one we are paying full rent on, and it's non-negotiable. It's we, you can leave if you want, and there's there's nothing being done at that level in relation to commercial commercial rent. So th- that is a difficult situation for us. One we have a fifty percent on, one that we own the building, but we're paying interest on the mortgage. And uh, we haven't started paying that mortgage. And another, we, we, we have to pay full rent and we have no option except if we leave. So that's not tenable. And we, we have given ourselves uh, till next May to make a decision. And I mean, best case scenario, if we find a vaccine sometime early next year or if, if it somehow mysteriously burns itself out, I would hope we would have three restaurants open next uh, next May. I mean, the 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 worst case scenario is that we 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 end up with just Cava because it's the only one at the moment that is financially viable. And if the wage, I think the wage subsidy is due to end in April. And um, once our payments kick in, and that, and like I just saw last night, Robin Gill in London has announced. Uh, two of his restaurants are not going to open the dairy and counterculture and the dairy is a very popular restaurant so it is um it is like there's a there's four or five restaurants a week around the world i mean very high profile ones closing and it doesn't bode well going into the winter and i think the winter will bring its own casualties because uh, we will hopefully get the schools open people will eat out less the staycations will probably drop off a bit and we won't have any tourists and i think dublin may suffer the most because I, I know places in Dublin where they need to their full rent is being demanded and they're closed and it will end up in high courts and will end up everywhere and uh, unfortunately the restaurant industry doesn't have a backload of cash to to support any sort of um a, a court engagement so I, I do think the government are um need to work on that and I'm trying to talk to to the ministers and the TDs to see what can be done 
in terms of uh, subsidizing uh, subsidizing commercial rents because it the Dublin there is, is the Dublin rent is about ten times what it is in in Galway. So it's I can imagine Dublin Dublin will fall will fall harder. Okay, JP. Listen, it's been great to catch up with you. Thank, thank you for joining Inside Business again. Uh, we wish you well, and we might pick it up uh, maybe at some point in the future as well, just to see how you're getting on. Hopefully, the next time we're talking, it'll be uh, it'll be all positive. Absolutely. Hopefully, the three of them will be open, and uh, let's uh, let's start. I, I hope so too. But uh, we have we have actually we've learned things that we we doing online cooking classes that I would have never foreseen us ever doing, and we're still doing a few. And like there are there are there are some positives of of in terms of business things that we can we can go on into the future but we, we need the restaurants I suppose to support them okay thanks JP we wish you well at Davy, we know uncharted territory can be a challenge we've been in business since 1926 and since then we've advised many different clients through many global and national crises some will seek comfort in the safe and familiar while others will embrace the opportunity to try something new throughout the years we've not only listened to our clients we've got to know you personally helping us advise you on a financial life plan that suits you best. Davy, it's not just business, it's personal. Janie Davy, trading as Davy, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. We take our responsibilities personally. Next up, it's Mary McKenna, who, when she spoke to us two months ago, was writing off this year completely in terms of travel. Uh, Kieran, it has been really tough, very stressful. In the first few weeks, I was stressed off my head because it happened so fast. I'm writing off 2020, really. Um, I see a bit of travel happening in September, October, uh, some travel in Christmas this year. Uh, we're, we are seeing 2021 uh, looking okay, but again, the strategy around the business is it, it's not going to be like previous years and, and dealing with reality. So, Mary McKenna, thank you for joining Inside Business. You were with us back in May, and, and then you said uh, you'd written off this year, but that 2021 was looking okay. I'm just wondering how it's looking right now, because when we last spoke, we didn't have a green list, and we didn't have these spikes in infection rates, and everybody wasn't uh, required to wear a, a face mask, going to shops, and, and all of that. So the mood, uh, the mood music, if you like, has changed somewhat. So how are you looking at 2021 now? Yeah, well, it's just like it kind of stopped bookings happening. Um, but I kind of think back when I did my last interview, at least I made calls early about looking at this year and moving as much to next year. And I think, you know, I, they were things I didn't want to do, but I think that was the right call. I think we moved very fast to say customers traveling in July and August and mostly part of 2020 that we'd moved them to 2021. In hindsight, that was a very good move. And the only reason I did that, I didn't think of green lists or anything at the time because that wasn't mentioned, was I didn't think the holiday would be up to 100 um, percent. But that has ended up being a good call. So, yeah, look, 2021 is, is looking good. And um, right now there's very little business coming in the door. Um, so it's really what you've moved forward. Um, and uh, I, I think our industry of all the industries has been hit the hardest. Uh, and I say that, um, you know, looking at other industries and having empathy for the pub, uh, the veterinaries and the pub business. But we had to continue working uh, you know, where everybody else could close up shop, we still had to continue working, dealing with all the overheads, fixed costs of business that we took in a year ago and giving back all that money, fees that we had to pay on credit card, fixed costs, fixed costs again, where everybody could stop. Um, so we, in in our industry, in the travel agents and the ITA, they desperately need support from uh, government, desperately. There are 
just 200 travel agents who employ 3,500 staff uh, in Ireland. Uh, we're Irish businesses, very important. Um, it's about a licensed and bonded company where your money's protected. But absolutely, we have been hit the hardest. Mary, maybe just um, run through some numbers uh, for us. All things being equal, had we had no COVID, how many people would you have, how many holidays would have been booked via your company for North America, for example? Yeah, well, like we do many different uh, parts of our business. So if I talk about package holidays, you know, and there's flight onlys and people book hotels and stuff. But let's look at packages. So you're you're talking about 20,000 uh, passengers. Um, but that's, look, the travel agents only represent a small part of travel out of Ireland, but we're the only part that has to be licensed and bonded. So if you're going to the States, you know, you get very good value if you book with us because we've contracted everything, but we actually pay a premium to be licensed and bonded, which means if anything happens, my business, your money's always protected. And look what's happening with the airlines right now. Um, you know, like Aer Lingus, they're mentioning, they're not licensed and bonded. Like there isn't any protection sure. uh, for a consumer if you booked a hotel with them or a car with them um, so we pay a huge premium for that and I'm really hoping um, that all the good work we've done with customer service and my god have we worked very hard that you know when this all finishes and it will be over because it's not the right time to probably book holidays in in that um, volume but when it's all over that they remember all these Irish companies, Irish travel agents. And I speak on behalf of my industry because I actually do care that customers will remember the good service and how we refunded and did different things and took care of them. This is going to be important for our um, for 2021. And um, like I'm, I'm quite confident my business will be there. We've done everything we needed to, but a lot of hard decisions. Um, a lot of tough calls and a lot of things you don't like doing. But um, so we need the support of uh, customers in the future. Are people still booking holidays with you for America this summer? I mean, have you carried people, let's say, in July and August? Oh, no, no, we have. We're, we're not we're not uh, we're we're not doing any business at the moment for for uh, travel this year in, in term, late, later on this year, maybe. But and we didn't encourage that and we haven't quoted for that. But for 2021, yeah, we're getting a trickle in. Look, it's not much to be quite honest with you. But there's some really good deals out there. Like I had a management meeting this morning. They were saying, look, some of the airline rates are just really fantastic for 2021. And I'm I'm going to be honest here. I've, I've made a call on different things, but this will end, right? It, it hasn't gone away, but it will end. And if, if I was a betting person, I'd say, you know, hopefully some travel by Christmas time um, and bookings go back to normal people booking in January and traveling Easter. And I think you'll see, you know, there has to be a vaccination for this. Um, but we have to respect this uh, virus and uh, and do all the right things that we're supposed to do. But, you know, I, I think that's why there's got, to, there's got to be supports there for businesses to get through all this. So you mentioned you had to take some uh, tough decisions and you've had to refund customers and all of that. Has there been a, an actual cost to your business, not just on lost revenues, but a money you've actually had to hand out that you simply can't recoup? Oh, look, every single travel agent, it is major losses this year, major. Like, so for me, I am going to be 25 years in business in October. And let me put it in terms, 
I run it as a business and every penny that I put into the business, um, personal, um, you know, uh, retain profits, that is going to eat away a good chunk. It's going to be big losses. There's no, I'm running a business weekly with overheads, with rents. I mean, you know, I have leases, uh, I have landlords that, you know, haven't given us breaks, just haven't. You've, you have to pay uh, IT costs, staff costs. I still have to, even though the government are helping, you still have to pay that. All the different things, the cost, the fixed cost with no income and you're giving back money that you took in last year that that was commission, which you had fixed costs. So that's the reality of it. Like so when you look at pubs and travel agents, they can close up shop. They can stop. They don't have to give money back on the pint of Guinness they sold last year. We have to give back every single penny. And if you paid by credit card, we pay fees on that. So it's a loss. Every booking we've given back is actually a loss of fixed costs, a loss to us. So it's been massive. Oh, you know, I don't want to say, but it's big. It is. It's big. Uh, I, I've had years where I've never lost money in 25 years. And I've had years, to be quite honest with you, where we've made little and, and we've had good years. Um, and I run it as a business. And I'm really proud because if, if you haven't been a stable business, you might not survive through this. But the loss is going to be uh, big. And, and look, I looked at that at the beginning and I said to you when you interviewed me in May, I'm writing off this year. Uh, I've gone to the worst case scenario because you have to. My job is, is to rebuild the business. It's a good business um, and, uh, and we can afford to do that. So, but it's, it's, a, it's a massive loss. What's, what's your opinion of the government's green list, Mary? Because obviously Michael O'Leary and, you know, the airline is not happy with it, not happy with the fact that people leaving Irish people coming home, they have to quarantine for two weeks if the country isn't on the green list. And we saw Michael Cawley of Falch Ireland having to resign because he took a holiday in Italy, uh, even though it is on the green list. So there's a lot of uh, opprobrium, if you like, uh, goes with travelling abroad at the minute. I, I, I tell you what, my honest opinion is, I, I think what they should have done is if you have a a list where you don't want people to go to then stop flying the planes there because the problem that's happened is for example if you're going to um boston i'll give you an example that flight is still operating to boston if you book a flight um and uh Aer Lingus, with Aer Lingus directly to boston they're flying there because they have cargo flying there and uh there is not a full refund and you can't get travel insurance so what they should have done is said we are we are saying that there's going to be no travel so therefore we're saying you can't fly and there's no flights but lots of people have lost money as i said we we moved all our customers so i do, i i understand uh, why they have it but then they didn't they allowed all the airlines to fly there so i know ryanair are taking a, a legal or looking at the legal aspect of that but look um you know, there's there's one rule in this country and there's different rules in other countries. So it's kind of, it's mixed matched. And no, I don't agree with it. I think you, you do it and you look fully at what the cost is. Customers have lost huge money. Now, the airlines are very important uh, as well and they bring in a lot of revenue for the government and taxes on, on a flight if you're going to the States. You know, a good 60% of that is taxes back to the uh, economy. So they are important and... Um, they need to survive as well, um, and they're struggling. I mean, it's hit them badly. Yeah, and you launched ZoomHolidays.ie as a response yeah. to COVID. How's that worked out for you? 
you know, if, if, if travel was happening, it would have been fantastic. So look, we did the best and we're, as I said, at least it's a way we're working from home. I haven't opened my offices. I, I don't believe it's safe to. So, uh, you know, we made a call on that. I don't think I will open my office until probably January um, because I think, uh, I, you know, for safety reasons, for my staff, for consumers. Um, so Zoom is the way to go for us and we're there for our customers. They can talk to us. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm pleased with it. It's good. It's something I'm going to use again in the future. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was the right call for us. Um, yeah. Mary, you sound optimistic about next year and, and you're, you're, you're a glass um, half full type of person, I guess. So, and, you know, you seem to be suggesting you're talking about opening your office in January and you're hoping that people will go back to book in January and so forth. Um, and that might well happen. It might be plausible, but we still don't have a vaccine. We're getting spikes, obviously, in the infection rate. You know, we're waiting to hear today, for example, if the government might introduce some more localised restrictions or put in place some more restrictions on certain groups of people. So the picture isn't really looking good. And it doesn't, you know, there's there's no silver lining in the cloud that I can see on the horizon. Um, so what's given you this optimism for 2021? Well, I, I think there has to be a vaccination. So I think, you know, I closed my office on the 18th of March. So just in, in terms of time scale, um, I, I, I have to think that there is going to be, um, and I do, um, maybe I, I'm, I, I could be wrong, but I, I think by Easter next year, because we can't survive without, uh, you know, with, with these restrictions going on or whatever. So I think, you know, that I've looked in terms of, um, you know, how long they said they would take a vaccination. But um, I'm watching the airlines. I'm watching the cruise industries. I'm, I'm listening to CNBC and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm trying to study to see what's happening. So that's just my own personal view. I'm basing my business on that. And if that doesn't happen, I have to reevaluate and uh, and look maybe at domestic travel tour Ireland instead I don't know but look I would be quite optimistic that something you know by Easter uh, travel should be back um, and I'm glad I made the calls that I made uh, about this year I didn't think it was going to happen but uh, it, it's it's been the right thing for the customers yeah sure is there is there a, a time period beyond which you can't survive as a company Mary, have you thought about that? Yeah, I have thought about that. And I suppose, you know, uh, I, I, you know, if it went on another year, I, I would have problems. So, you know, like there's a certain amount you can keep uh, uh, bleeding. And, and I am bleeding, um, but I'm optimistic as well. So I'm hoping this is a thing we look back in 10 years time and I say I did all the right things. But look, I'm like any SME in Ireland, um, I'm I'm seeing stories uh, from all the other businesses in this country, in particular the SME market. I'm an Irish story. I started with nothing, um, and uh, I please God that we turn things around. Um, but look, the one thing I've taken out of it is it's really important to take care of ourselves. Or, you know, that you know we will get through it, and. Um, and we have to stay safe and well. And I have a, a duty of care to my staff, a duty of care to my customers and all everything that I've learned over 25 years. My God, it's come into force now and I'm trying to do all the right things. I might not get that all right, but I am trying to do all the right things. OK, Mary, I love your optimism. Let's hope uh, you're right about January and uh, we'll all start Don't booking the holidays and we can put this here behind us. Mary McKenna, thank you for joining Inside Business. Finally, I spoke to Desert Dowd of the Inchdani Island Lodge and Spa. Here's what he had to say when we spoke in early June. Talking to other hoteliers and restaurateurs and publicans, there's nobody 
is saying they're going to cut corners. There's nobody talking about doing anything except creating a safe environment for their staff and for their customers. I, I think everybody would be horrified if we had another uh, an outbreak or a, a wave of a virus coming through the country. Now, Desert Oud, uh, welcome back to Inside Business. It's great to have you on again. Um, you reopened, I think, on uh, around June 29th. And in that clip that we played there, you said that you'd be horrified if another wave of the virus uh, was to go through the country. And in essence, that's what we've had, isn't it? In, in, in Leash and uh, Calaire and Offaly, and they've been locked down again. And um, what's, what's your view on things now? And does that have any impact on your business? Um, I think I, f- I found the message communication from the government last night kind of very disheartening and the the numbers of cases over the last couple of weeks have been you know uh making everyone a little bit nervous um feel very uh it's very difficult for the people in business in Kildare and Leash and Offaly and we've certainly had guests who've had to cancel uh coming here and you feel very uh sorry for them they've you know they've planned their break and their holiday and they, they they need their bit of quality time away um I, you know, when we were going through the analysis of uh, the announcement last night, this morning, there isn't really anything hugely onerous for our business. We've had a couple of cancellations from people, you know, over 70, you know, and you feel sorry for them. They're they're a bit nervous about traveling. I think any time you're going to, you know, when we're all in the lockdown together, we all kind of felt it was kind of relatively fair that we were all doing it together. As you open up, you're going to have sectors and ages and demographics that are going to find it unfair. And unfortunately, I think that's just the case. Um, I have a very good friend living in Melbourne and they're having a much more difficult uh, time than we are. So I hope we don't face back into something like that. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Now, uh, just uh, tell us a little bit about your experience since uh, reopening towards the end of June. How's it gone for you? Um, I have to say it's gone uh, pretty well, really. The, like we've had brilliant support, really brilliant support, very heartwarming. Uh, the, the you know the, the support we've had from locals and repeat and recommended businesses, uh, repeat and recommended guests. Um, you know, so occupancy has been very good for July and August. Um, obviously, we're missing some revenue from the spa and from weddings and reduced capacity, but we're just happy to be open and trading, and you know, delighted to be welcoming guests at the hotel. So, what level of occupancy um, would you have had, let's say, for July and August, and how would that compare with last year? July and August, we'd be at capacity. We're at kind of ninety-five odd percent, which is you know logistically about as as full as you can get. And it, but that would and you know that would be the same as in other years. Um, we probably have had a slightly different mix of business, maybe where we have had some more families coming that wouldn't you know that would have holiday abroad and are coming here for a couple of days that they, you know they didn't get their holiday abroad as a family. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess the key thing now is if schools reopen, if the kids all go back to school in, in September, and let's hope they do, um, what's business going to look like for you? Because obviously the, the staycation, the July and August period when families are, are able to go away, that'll be over. So it gets a little bit tougher, I guess. It does get a bit tougher. The indications are, you know, uh, appear positive for September, October. September is, you know, it, it appears okay. It's it's all very fragile, you know, you know, Bookings that you have disappear very quickly. You know, like we lost probably 50 or 60 bookings um, or 50, 60 nights over, you know, when they announced the lockdown for Kildare and Leash and Offaly. Um, and again, we're expecting to see some bookings disappear, you know, this morning um, and over the next couple of days. So it, it's very fragile. Um, so it looks like it's positive enough for September. Um, you know, September would always be a busy month for us with weddings and and with with people who don't have kids getting away in the quieter times so we you know 
I'd be hopeful, but uh, it's it's we're all kind of walking on eggshells, waiting for something to go wrong. Um, and thankfully, so far it hasn't. But we're all, you know, we're we're all. I think in the whole industry, just a little bit tentative and 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 wary about something going wrong somewhere. Yeah. Now you built your reputation around being a spa resort. Uh, so how's that? How's that working? Because obviously, spa treatments very difficult. Uh, yeah. Very difficult in this environment. We've you know uh, eliminated some spa treatments that were face to face. So the like the spa would probably be down about sixty percent. Um, and I suppose more importantly, nearly the people who are traveling for a weekend for a spa break aren't because they're not you know the treatments aren't really as attractive. So it's not a reason to travel whereas it previously would have been. So, uh, yeah, but, 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 you know, that's just what we've got to work with and work through. There's, you know, you can legislate for things, you can tell people about things, but unless they're comfortable doing it, um, you know, it, it, you're wasting your time. So uh, we have reduced the treatments. We have, uh, you know, focused on treatments that we feel are, are the safest um, and uh, we're operating like that. Just in terms of financial viability, Des, how are you? How are you coping? Um, is it, I, I presume I don't know if you're accessing the wage subsidy scheme or or other supports that the government have offered. Yeah, so July and August we're down about uh, fifteen to twenty percent in total revenue. Um, we have more staff on board because we've more cleaning, we've more you know all kinds of different protocols in place, like breakfast is being served at the table, so there's a lot more staff involved. Uh, that's all being helped by the the wage subsidy, and uh, like we would have lost you know significant money in or missed significant revenue from March to the uh, you know to reopening again. Um, realistically, whether we qualify for the EWSS, uh, you have to be down thirty percent from July to December, and um, it doesn't take any account of you know the massive losses we'd have prior to that. Uh, at the moment, say July and August, we're down fifteen or twenty percent. Uh, like we want to trade and we want to trade as you know as strongly as we can so you know we won't be holding back trying to come back in under 30 percent but it's very uncertain i couldn't really predict whether whether we'll be at that level or not so looking forward as you're doing your business planning how long can you continue on this path so we're cash positive at the moment uh july and august cash positive uh we have a big hole coming forward we haven't you know we're we're on a payment break with the bank and we have warehoused uh, taxes from January to the end of June. So while we have cash in the bank now, like realistically at this point in the year, we would have a big ball of cash to get us through the winter. Um, so, you know, we need to recognize and, and be, be planning, you know, there's no point in thinking that because we've cashed now that that's, that's great. Um, normally we would be planning to do some capital expenditure over the winter. We will be doing very little really this year. Um, and uh, we're trying to plan as far ahead as we can to see what it's going to look like. But with the uncertainty about bookings, it, it is quite difficult. And I suppose there is a little bit of the uncertainty about that. Um, the EWSS, you know, whether we get that support or not would make a difference. And then on top of that, we, we're going to have the economic uncertainty around Brexit. And, I, you know, I think economically, this isn't going to go away when there's a vaccine next, you know, January, February, March, April, there's still going to be aftershocks and it's going to be a couple of years before we recover. So we're not hoarding cash and, you know, we're paying all our creditors. We're very aware of the important partnerships we have with those guys and how their businesses need to be looked after, but, uh, but would be nervous about 
what what's coming down the line. Yeah, we have a new government, of course, since we spoke to you last. Um, how do you think they're doing? Is, is there any more they could be doing for businesses like yours? Um, I would be a bit concerned about the EWSS. It's kind of an all duck or no dinner thing. So you either qualify and get it or you don't qualify and you get nothing. So say if we were to continue at, you know, being down 15 or 20 percent to the end of December, even though we'd be down, you know, 40 percent for the year, it could end up that we don't qualify for that support. And I'm sure other businesses would be in a similar position so that I think there should be some kind of graduation or something a little bit more sophisticated than, you know, either qualify or don't qualify. And Des, are you in the situation whereby, let's say an American, you get a, an inquiry from America or by phone or by email or whatever it might be. Uh, um, are, are you, how do you deal with that? I mean, because um, if they come from America, they're supposed to quarantine for two weeks and so forth. And obviously you don't want to put anybody at risk in, in your property. So are you having to turn away business? Yeah, we are. We are. Um, so we have had uh, we have had people who are, you know are, are traveling and have contacted us to you know reassure us that they're quarantining before they come to the hotel, and we have other people who are saying you know we're we're arriving into the country and you know we'll be in your hotel two days later, and we have had to say look well the guidelines are that um, you know you you need to quarantine for for two weeks, where we've had to turn away bookings you know we've been you know very very apologetic because. You know, you, you know, I, I would be a bit concerned. There are some businesses that are, you know, at capacity and they, you know, they seem to be, uh, I wouldn't say smug, but they are, you know, I would be careful that you have worked very hard to, to get a guest at book or to inquire. And we really need to be respectful of, of somebody who has made an effort to stay in your, in your property. Um, so we have had, uh, to turn away business, we have had to ring people and say, "Look, unfortunately, uh, as part of a conversation, so we're contacting people to make their bookings for breakfast, to make their bookings for dinners, to make that you know to in advance of them arriving anyway, and it, then it it would transpire as part of that conversation if if it's a, a foreign number that we would inquire if they had quarantined." Right. Okay. Difficult conversation, I'm sure. Just finally, now, Des, what's what's your biggest fear going forward? Uh, something like what's happened in Melbourne really, I suppose, would be a big fear. Um, if this thing spirals out of control, uh, what, what the next steps, you know, what's, what's in the arsenal for the government? And if we're looking at the kind of thing, like, you know, there's a serious lockdown in Melbourne, there's uh, in Auckland, they have, you know, a relatively serious lockdown. I know it's only for a, a short period of time, but, you know, if, if we're talking about big numbers of cases, I would be very concerned that that, that we go into... I don't think it'll be like what it was in March and April, but that you could be talking about chunks of the economy locked down again. And finally, finally, if you like, what about the industry as a whole? Because I'm hearing um, that in Dublin, uh, some hotels have occupancy rates of about 10%. Could we see a lot of hotels in Ireland go to the wall? Uh, yeah, Dublin seems to be struggling more than other parts of the country. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, like we need Dublin. Uh, it's the juggernaut. It's the engine of the, of the Irish economy. We need Dublin to be going well. Um, and yeah, I would be very concerned about the hotels in Dublin and how they're faring. Okay, Des, listen, it's good to hear that Inchidani is busy, has been busy in July and August. We wish you continued uh, success. Hopefully we'll come out the other side of this uh, sometime soon and perhaps we might have you back on Inside Business to talk about that. Uh, Des, thank you for joining us. 
Thank you very much. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to JP McMahon, Mary McKenna, and Desa Dowd. Thanks also to our sponsor, Davey Group, for its continued support. Declan Conlon produced the show with JJ Vernon on sound. Uh, remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Thank you.